Failure is becoming the new badge of honor and many entrepreneurs publicly discuss how they have faced the adversity of failure. Failure is the battle scars of the hardened entrepreneur. Why? Well, because there is so much of it in most people's lives. Ashley Good, chief executive and founder of Fail Forward, a consultancy agency which helps people and organizations get through failure, said, Nobody wants to fail. It's awful. You will never hear me say to celebrate failure. But failing intelligently is an increasing important skill. She added, you can actually say to yourself, just because I failed doesn't mean I am a failure. And the same can be said of you too. Just because you fail doesn't mean you are a failure. But maybe you've been hurt by failure one too many times. And maybe you're now scared of failure. If so, how can you overcome the fear of failure? This is what we're going to talk about today. Are you ready? Let's dig deeper. Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, hosted by certified coaches Elizabeth and Sebastian Richard. Elizabeth is a Christian life and leadership coach, branding consultant, and busy mompreneur. Sebastian is a Christian speaker, Bible teacher, author, and leadership expert. Together, they help today's committed believers to dig deeper in their knowledge and walk with God in order for them to grow and climb higher in life and leadership. If you want to dig even deeper, make sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com for more free resources and content. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Thriving on Purpose podcast. We're so glad you tuned in. And today we're going to talk about overcoming the fear of failure. But I really want you to stick around because our spin is kind of different. And we're going to talk about different things, different aspects of failure that you need to know uh, to get to success. And we're also going to uh, debunk some things that we've heard um, in the entrepreneur world as well. So you'll want to stick for this because it's definitely not content that you've heard before. So Sebastian, let's dig in. Absolutely. So before we start, I want to ask our listeners a question. Let me ask you, how many of you, dear listeners, have failed at least once today? And I know this is tongue-in-cheek and kind of funny, but realistically, if you are an entrepreneur or if you're trying to accomplish great things in life or for God, you are going to be acquainted on a regular basis with failure. It's part of the process of success. And we're going to talk about that a little bit when we talk a, a, a little later. But you see, if you're going to be successful and do great things with God and for God, there are two things you need to know. Number one, He will never fail you. And number two, you will fail Him. And why? Because you're human. So not only will you fail him at times, but you will also simply fail at times if you try on a regular basis to accomplish things. 
So we're going to talk in this episode about overcoming the fear of failure. And I want to teach you something that we learned through the John Maxwell team, which I think is probably one of the best teachings or best principles that you need to understand if you're going to overcome the fear of failure. Paul Martinelli is the president of the John Maxwell team, and he's the one who gave that teaching and he even coined it. He called it the cycle of success. And of course, when we think failure, we think the opposite of success, right? And yet, failure oftentimes is part of the process that leads us to success. So if you want to understand the cycle of success, it's very simple. There's five steps to it. But not only the cycle of success puts failure in perspective, but it makes you understand both failure and success better. And in the end, it is going to take away some of your fear of failure. So you might be wondering, what is the cycle of success? Well, the cycle of success is simply this. First, you test. Then you fail. Then you learn. Then you improve. And then you re-enter. And guess what? It's a continuous cycle. Test, fail, learn, improve, re-enter. Test, fail, learn, improve, re-enter. And that's something that you need to come to terms with. As a believer, as a kingdom expander, as an entrepreneur, this is going to be your regular thing on a daily basis. Yeah. Everybody that we've ever known that's achieved anything in life has, if you listen to their backstory, they've had a lot of failures to get to their success. But most most importantly, you see that they're okay with it. It's not like, at first it was a learning curve, obviously, but their dream and their passion for what they want to accomplish with their vision is so strong that it propels them to keep on doing the cycle over and over again yeah. until there's success that shows up. Exactly. And so most people, what happens is when they start entrepreneurship, when they start in a, let's say a network marketing business or they start anything, uh, selling products on Amazon, whatever it is, and they don't get the success they want right away and they fail, they, they don't do those steps. So they fail, they stop. They don't learn, they don't improve, and they don't re-enter. Amen. Exactly. That because when you basically when you have the fear of failure, you stop at the first step, uh, the second step, right? Test, fail, stop. That that keeps you away from basically success. Um, whether you're in sales, whether you're in any other uh, niche that you know you're an entrepreneur, you're starting something. This has to be the cycle that you're willing to go through, and you have to be okay with it, and you have to be constantly perfecting and trying to find different ways to get better and get better and get better at what you do. And it's funny because um, I was listening to Paul Martinelli talking about exactly this. And he, everybody, everybody that knows him knows that he's a very successful coach. He's actually been on the guru list now and the top coaches. And uh, he actually, and he has a home next to Celine Dion. So he's doing very well for himself. And he even said recently, he said, I always ask myself, what can I do to perfect my skill? Wow. What can I do that I can go that extra level and be even greater and perfect that skill that I'm really, really good at? And, and I think it's great that you're pointing that out because I think one of the most important 
uh, phases in the cycle of success is the improve phase. See, uh, when you test, fail, first of all, if you don't learn and improve, you're going to fail again. I mean, you just, you might get back up. You might have resiliency. And I've seen some people like that. They, they test, they fail, get back up, re-enter. They don't learn, they don't improve, and they fail again. Yeah. And they get back up. Doing the same thing. And they, they just keep, keep on and on, failing and re-entering and failing and re-entering. They don't take the time to learn and, and improve. So that's a big problem. So you got to, every phase in the cycle of success is very important to get to reach your success. So we said that this series on uh, fear, addressing fear, would be based on the parable of the talents. And obviously, I want to mention the parable of the talents uh, in this podcast as well. Let's take, for example, our successful investors in the parable of the talents. You know, there were these two who really uh, made a, a good investment. They went out and they, they invested their master's money. And the Lord commended them, said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have done, you've been faithful in little. I will now give you more to manage and you will be blessed with more. But, you know, the parable doesn't mention it. But we can presuppose that they had the right mindset. They understood the cycle of success because guess what? They were willing to venture out and risk their master's money because you, when you invest, you, you always take a chance. It might work, might not work. You know, you're know, you not too sure. And uh, they were willing to venture out and do it. They weren't guaranteed success. So basically what they were doing is they were testing. And sometimes when you're testing, you can get it on the first or second try. So, in their case, they were successful. They were testing and they were successful. Good for them. Now, the people who are afraid of failing don't even get past the first step in the cycle of success. Some are so afraid of failing that they don't even want to test. They go and they bury their bag of gold or their talent in the ground. Or they quit after unsuccessful testing. Remember, the Lord loves those who aren't afraid of getting dirty in the cycle of success. Okay, the cycle of success is universal. It's not just Christians. Anybody out there, anybody. It's, it's a human thing, okay? It, it's universal. It's in all countries, all genders, uh, all nationalities, all races, everywhere on the earth. The cycle of success applies to all. And I just want to add to the cycle of success, I think it's really important sometimes to depending on what niche you're in, what uh, type of uh, entrepreneurship you're doing, what type of work you're doing, especially in the online world, it's always good to uh, get coaching by somebody that's done what you want to accomplish. So um, ideally what that does is that it shortens your learning curve and propels you faster to the cycle of success. So um, I know I've, I've done it for years. Um, you know, when you're starting an entrepreneurship, oftentimes we're like, oh, I can learn it all by myself. I can just, you know, watch enough YouTube videos, watch enough webinars and get all the free stuff and, and learn and learn and learn. And you can do that for a certain amount of time and get some results. But at one point, you really need a coach to kind of look at your stuff, look at what you're doing and tweak things and show you, you know, some, some different tips, different ways of strategies of doing things that can shorten your learning curve to get you there. So I just wanted to add that because it's, it's important as an entrepreneur. I think a lot of the stuff we want to do ourselves, but we have to be conscious that at one point you're going to hit the wall where you're going to need a coach that's going to guide you and, and show you 
if you want to go to that next level. Absolutely, and I think it's good that you mentioned that because yeah, we sometimes we try, especially in the beginning, we we have less funds and uh, we're we're more like a lone wolf, and we're like I can do it, I can do it. But uh, guess what? You you won't be able to outgrow yourself without any insight from anybody else, and uh, that's where coaching comes in. The uh, coaches help you to get to the next level, and uh, they help you in the cycle of success. Absolutely. Now I'd like to address the two extreme tendencies or attitudes when it comes to failure. So obviously, one of the attitudes is what we've been talking about. So it's being afraid of failure or ashamed of failure. And both are, are connected. They're similar. So those who are afraid of failure either won't try or they won't try hard enough. And likewise, those who are ashamed of failure are too preoccupied with what others think of them to be successful. So if, if you know that something is risky, if you know something might be hard or challenging, and you have in the back of your mind, what are people going to think if I fail? Guess what? You are going to fail. It's game over right there. Uh, if, you, if you start thinking about what people are going to think if you fail, just think about how far success is from that kind of mindset. Yeah, you're basically, you know... You're setting yourself up for failure. Exactly. You're putting the brakes on anything moving because you're going to constantly, subconsciously hold yourself back. Absolutely. So in order to overcome the fear of failure, you must overcome your own pride. If you're afraid of failure, you won't even be willing to enter the fray of the cycle of success. So how can you even expect to succeed? It's not going to happen. And now I want to talk about the other tendency or attitude. And, and this is, I want to spend a little more time with it because it, it really upsets me because I'm seeing this trend going uh, in the online world, in the entrepreneurial world. It's becoming more and more popular. And that trend is the glorifying of failure. Glorifying failure. I remember in my younger days growing up, it wasn't uncommon for me to hear the expression, failure is not an option. And I also remember who used to say these words. These words were usually said by winners. Yeah, you heard that right. Those were the winners talking. <laughs> I never heard that from losers. Well, sometimes they did lose those people who said that, but it was more oftentimes than not they were winners. But it seems that today all we hear is that failure is normal. It's to be expected. It will happen. And of course, that's true. And, and that's we're not denying that. But we've pushed it so far. I even once heard a motivational speaker. Now get this. This is really weird. A motivational speaker. He said that we should embrace failure. Now think about the logic behind that. Now, I, I understand that we need to understand that failure will happen. We need to accept that failure will happen if we try stuff. But I, I would never go as far as saying to people, embrace failure. Failure is your friend. That's how far things have gotten concerning failure. Yeah, and this, people, is, this is the glorifying of failure. People have made it yeah, bigger than it is to the point where they're actually now scared of success. So, <laughs> Maybe, yeah. So it's like, you know, you're so focused on the failure. I'm and so used to failing part. and failure's been my friend for so long that I'm not too sure I can handle success Exactly, at this point. that makes you nervous. 
So this attitude of glorifying failure reminds me of the retarded practice we have nowadays to give a trophy or a medal to all the kids who participate in the race or in the game. This is becoming a real epidemic, and, and I have kids, and I, and I know it upsets me when I see that. They, they come back from school, I got a medal today. You won. No, we all got a medal. I'm like, what the heck? And then I have to explain them that they're not really winners. You know, in fact, you, you didn't really win. They're like, what? You know, you didn't really win. Maybe you did win, but we don't know. I wasn't there, so I can't tell you. But this is not a real win. So you have to explain to them what a real win looks like. So how will children get an adequate measure of themselves if they can't really measure themselves up against others? Because you see, when you compete or when you, you really try hard for something, you go after something with all you've got, it gives you a measure of yourself. And when kids are taught that everybody gets a medal for participating, uh, that, that, that in my book doesn't create winners, it creates losers. Well, glorifying failure is the adult version of this. We do this to make people feel better about their failures. And I get it. I really do. I get it. Or for trying. Yeah, I think they, they kind of say, here's a medal you tried. Exactly. In school. Exactly. It's kind of like the, the equivalent of that. But do you know what this is actually doing? I'm sorry to say this, but it's making us into a generation of wimps. And I know it sounds harsh, and I, I hope I'm not hurting your feelings by saying this, but this is how I feel. And I'm going to give you an anecdote from a movie. That, I'm going to be talking about hockey in this episode. There, there's a couple of things I want to mention about hockey, but because as I was uh, preparing the podcast, these are the anecdotes that came to my mind. But there's a fantastic movie here in Canada, and in, I should say in, in French Canada, because I'm from Quebec, called uh, Maurice Richard, The Rocket, Maurice Richard. He was a hockey player who had tremendous success. He was one of a famous and fantastic goal scorer. And they decided to make his story into a movie. And it's a great sports movie. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's like the Raging Bull of hockey or uh, the Rocky Balboa of hockey. Yeah. It's really, really engaging as a movie. And uh, his coach in the movie is Dick Irvin, because it's based on real life. And the coach of Maurice Richard back in the day was Dick Irvin. And they had a peculiar relationship, these two. The coach uh, saw Mar Maurice's greatness, but he pushed him. And, and oftentimes he pushed him to the limit. But he pushed him in a way that was so harsh sometimes. Anyway, this coach is so well portrayed in the movie. And there's a scene where it's the beginning of the season. And he's giving a speech to his players, and he's 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 like he's got a, a chip on his shoulder. Dick Irvin was like uh, he was this kind of like no holds barred. I'm gonna push you guys to the limit, and you better win for me. He was that kind of coach. So he's giving a speech, and he says, "I don't want players who want to win. Those are a dime a dozen. Give me players who hate to lose." And he screams it in the in the, the the dressing room. And the player raises his hand and says, I hate to lose, Mr. Irvin. And then, then he looks at him and says, no, you don't. And then he gets out of the room. But that scene was epic. It was so good and so well acted. And see, this is, this is the thing. Everybody says they want to win. But in the movie, Dick Irvin was right. 
Those who hate to lose win more often than those who like to win. Because, hey, guess what? Everybody likes to win. I don't, I've never met a person who doesn't like to win. But I've seen that those who hate to lose have that edge about them. That they have that failure is not an option attitude that gets them ultimately to success. Because like Les Brown said, it's not over until I win. Well, that's the attitude. This resilient attitude of failure is not an option. In other words, as long as I'm failing, I'm going to keep going because guess what? Failure is not an option for me. Right. I'm not going to stop. It's not over until I win. So by saying to people that it's okay to fail, that failure is normal, we take away the necessary stigma associated with failure. And I say it's necessary. It's necessary to not embrace failure. It's necessary to kind of to kind of hate to lose, to hate failure. You don't want, failure is not your friend. It's just part of the process. It's just something you have to go through to win. That's how you have to see it. And it, anyway, it just baffles me that we're trying to make failure into this glorified thing. So I think it's this dance because so many people were so afraid of failing. You know, John Maxwell says it's important to fail forward, which exactly. means you don't stay in the failing mode. You move forward. Failing intelligently. And, and so, exactly. And so now it's been this embrace the suck, embrace the <laughs> failure, because they know they're trying to get people okay with that process that we're yeah. talking about so that they can get to the learning phase and, and you know, applying new strategies and then finally winning. Exactly. And then you have the other uh, train of thought, which Sebastian's explaining, that you have to have that grit. You yeah. have to have that fire inside of you saying, I need to crack the code to this. I have to win at this. Because I, I hate to lose. <laughs> I don't want to fail at this, and I hate to lose, and I hate everybody winning and me losing. Exactly. So, so here's the thing. Will you fail? Most probably. Is it normal? Yes. Should you expect it? No. No. And that's the thing. That's where we, the, the, there's a line we cross. Don't, yeah, it's, it's going to happen. But if you start with the mindset, I'm expecting failure to happen, you're setting yourself up. That's how losing is done. That said, failure is also part of how winning is done. If you're willing to, like we said before in the cycle of success, to learn from your failure, improve, and then re-enter the fray once you improved. Exactly. But keep failure in its proper place. Exactly. Because successful people, every new strategy that they're trying, they don't think, oh, this is going to fail, but you know, maybe I'll get in the fifth strategy. No, they're thinking, oh, this, is, this one's going to work. This one's going to work. Like, so they're always implementing a new strategy, hoping it's going to win. <laughs> you know, you don't want to do stuff thinking, well, it's failing as part of the process. I'll probably I'll fail just fail again. It's, it's okay. It's, per it's perfectly normal. Maybe, maybe I'll get it at the 80th time. You know, <laughs> you can't think like that. No. So, so that said, failure is also part of how winning is done. So if you're willing to, like I said, to, to keep improving, you will get to that success that you're seeking. So uh, what I'm trying to say here is keep failure in its proper place. Don't expect it. And certainly don't do like that motivational speaker said, embrace it. 
Like, don't, don't, don't embrace failure. Accept it as part of the process and it's not over until you win, okay? So learn from failure. Uh, that's, what, that's what is called failing forward or failing intelligently. I, w- I want to share something with you guys. Again, it's about hockey, but it's so good. It's so good I have to share with you because I think it's the best example of the cycle of success that I have seen in sports. Back in the early 80s, there was a hockey dynasty called the New York Islanders. And those were amazing years where the Islanders dominated the, hockey, the National Hockey League uh, for four straight seasons. They won the Stanley Cup. And while they were winning in the last couple of years, the Edmonton Oilers were another hockey team who were up and coming. But they were up and coming fast. I mean, they had Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, Yari Curry, Glenn Anderson, Grant Fury in goals. I mean, they had an amazingly stacked team full of superstars, and, and not to mention Paul Coffey. Anyway, th- so they had this powerhouse of a team. And in 1983, the Oilers had had a tremendously amazing season. I mean, they had the, the most victories in the league and the most goals and the most, the most this, the most that. So when playoff time came, the New York Islanders, who were still a highly talented team, a very good team, probably second best in the league, come playoff time, all the specialists, on the analysts of hockey said, look, this is the Oilers' year. They're going to take the cup. They're going to make it. Uh, because they're so stacked in talent. But something happened. Something happened in 1983, and the Oilers, they didn't win the cup that year. They didn't win the cup. They faced against the Islanders in the final series, and they weren't able to beat the Islanders. And I'm going to share with you guys a clip that kind of explains what happened. Because it's so interesting to see how, because it's the Oilers players, you're going to hear the Oilers players and uh, coaches talking about that event, how it actually shaped them. They don't mention the cycle of success, but you can see in the train of thought of what they experienced, how it was indeed the cycle of success. So I'm playing the clip, and after that, I'm going to come back. Here's Gretzky. never underestimate the heart of a champion. They knew how to win. In order for us to wrestle that championship away from them there, uh, we were going to have to be much better than we were that year. They handed it to us pretty good, where they were a little more disciplined than we were and probably had a little higher work ethic. It's tough to take. You can see written all over his face. Well, blinking an eyelash, you're like, what just happened? We were better than that. As we walked by the Islander room that year, we got a sense and realization of how hard it is to win. Guys were all cut up and hurt, ice all over them. And they weren't even like celebrating. I was thinking, like, man, they're exhausted. So I guess there's more to give. And the Islanders showed our team what it took to win because they were a difficult team to beat. Okay, so we're back. So basically, what happened is the Oilers players, when they were in front of that dressing room, because they had to go. The way it was made, they had to go in front of the, uh, the their opponent's dressing room to go to get to their room. And uh, they were expecting to see big brouhaha party, the Islanders partying hardy, party hardy with the cup. And they were kind of shocked to see these guys, bloodied, battered, 
ice packs, holding themselves, trying just trying to stand up <laughs> to celebrate their victory. And that's when the young Oilers, they were younger players. See, the Islanders were the, the more experienced team. That's when the young Oilers got a huge lesson. And they learned. So that's part of the cycle of success. They learned that day. Oh, there's more to give. And when you hear Wayne Gretzky say that, when you hear all the greats of the Oilers say, oh, there's more to give in order to get to that win, that cup which is said by most experts to be the toughest trophy to win in all of sports, okay? So, guess what happened the next year? The next year, the Oilers were not only just as talented as the year before, but they were also wiser because they improved their mindset entering the playoffs and, and of all things, they faced off against, again, the Islanders. So it was epic. But... This time, the Oilers took it to them hard because they understood. And, and they all say that. Our first cup, you speak to the Oilers players, they all say the same thing. Our first cup, we kind of owe it in a way to what we learned from the Islanders players. They kind of showed us in that brief instant what we needed to do to win. And they won the cup. And then they became the dynasty uh, the team to beat for the rest of the 1980s, the Edmonton Oilers. So, the, to me, this is a great, a great example of putting the cycle of success to work and how it works and, and how it brings you to closer to your goals. So, we're going to conclude this podcast. And as we conclude, I'm going to get back to... Uh, I didn't talk much about it today, but, but it's still... Uh, in the back of my mind, as I'm speaking to you guys, the parable of the talents, there's really these two mindsets, those who are willing to venture out, who weren't afraid of failure, and this other guy who was afraid of failure, and he went and buried his, his money, his master's money. The one failure in life that you want to avoid at all cost is the failure to act on what God asks of you. That's the one failure you want to avoid at all cost. Why? Well, in the parable of the talents, we're, we're reminded of this. It's exactly what happened. I was afraid. It says in Matthew 25, verses 25 to 30, I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him, and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless, notice the word here, worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, that is what you need to be afraid of. And that doesn't come from failure. That comes from not trying. That comes from the fear of failure. So you should be more afraid of the fear of failure than from failure itself. And what we want to hear 
will come from trying our best in applying what God tells us to do. And what we want to hear is what? Well done, good and faithful servant, for you were faithful in little, therefore I will give you much. That's what we want to hear. Yeah, I think that's very well said. Um, I want to add also to this, we have uh, two other episodes that you'll want to listen to um, that are really going to bless you. Uh, we did an episode called 30 Major Causes of Failure. It's a two-part episode. Um, so it's two episodes. And, and I want you to listen to it because it will help you know what to avoid when we're talking about the major causes of failure and, um, and what, you know, basically successful people um, try to avoid. And there's also, does quitting make you a quitter? And I want you guys to listen to this because it's a really good episode on basically explaining that, you know, there are times in your entrepreneurship where you have to learn to let go, where you have to learn to let go of strategies or of things that aren't serving you and embrace things that will serve you and will help you advance in your vision and what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, like I, like I tell people oftentimes is uh, don't get overly attached to your plans. It's, it's nice to love your plan. It's nice to, to, to be enthusiastic about your plan, what you're planning. But after a few tries, if, if you're realizing this is really not serving you, it's not working, and it... it Sometimes it's just, you have to it's change just, the strategy. Ex that's, yeah, that's the improvement part of you the, don't, the success cycle. Exactly. You don't change the end goal, but you change the way, the destiny, the way, the road you're going to take to get there. And so, Does Quitting Make You a Quitter is a very good episode. So you'll want to go to thrivingonpurpose.com or thrivingonpurposepodcast.com. And you'll want to, uh, you, there's a search bar. You can just put it, the word quit or quitting and you'll find that episode. Um, I'll also put in the show notes of this episode, 77, Overcoming the Fear of Failure. We'll put all the resources, the movie, the books we recommend. Uh, obviously, we're, we're going to recommend the book, Failing Forward, by John Maxwell. Yeah. It's an excellent, excellent book. And, you know, when I started in entrepreneurship, I read, that was one of the first books that I read. And you can also uh, get it, I think, on YouTube. There's an audio version you can listen to. And I was amazed because... You know, I didn't listen to it because I felt like a failure. I listened to it because I was curious and I was starting, you know, with the John Maxwell team and all that. And I was amazed at the wisdom of what it takes to be successful. And it's just inspiring story after story. This is really going to bless you. You really want to get your hands on that. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes of this episode for you to get that book and uh, read it because it's really going to bless you. It's really going to help you change your perspective on failure and and funny story about that book uh when he when he finished writing it he, he wrote it on a on a ship he was telling the story of how he wrote it and uh he presented the manuscript to his wife and then she read it and she said man this is a really good book and she says but there's a problem he says what's the problem said, well there's only a few of your failures in there there's so many more <laughs> so he was laughing. He says, maybe I should have done a, a volume one, volume two, volume three. <laughs> but the point is, the best among us have failed plenty of times. So, yes, it's going to happen. It's part of the process. Don't avoid it, but don't glorify it. Exactly. 
And so I think John Maxwell is a very good ev example of evaluated experience and learning and, and retweaking. And, and that's why he gets to the success bar. And that's why he has so much value and experience to share with us because he evaluates and he learns from his mistakes. And that's why he wrote, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. That's right? another one, yeah. So uh, we'll leave you all those links in the show notes. So we hope that this podcast has blessed you. Share it with other believers. Um, if you know anybody that's uh, in the entrepreneur space, they'll want to listen to this. This is really going to bless them and encourage them because, you know, whether you're a pastor, whether um, you're any, you know, Christian doing anything for God, uh, trying anything. Some people are, are trying really hard and uh, building ministry and organizations and all of, all of this is all part of the process whenever you're uh, starting anything. So I know that this will bless them. So be blessed. And drive on. For more free resources and content, make sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com 